Welcome back to the Bhagavad Gita in a Year podcast. I'm here with Chaitanya Charan Prabhu, our teacher, and Balaram, my, my fellow student. <laughs> we are making our way through this Bhagavad Gita. Uh, today we will start at Chapter 2, Text 39, and we are just learning all of the reasons Krishna's giving his like multi-layered justification or explanation to Arjuna as to why why he should fight. Um, so with that, uh, Cece, do you want to take us into it? Yeah, thank you. Okay, so we are now in 2.39 in the Bhagavad Gita, where we are focusing on the verses that especially talk about rising to a higher consciousness while doing our activity. So this is 239 now. Eshate Abhita Sankhe Buddhir Yoge Tvaimam Shrunu Buddhya Yukto Yaya Partha Thus far, I have described this knowledge to you through analytical study. Now, as I explain it in terms of working without fruitive results. O son of Partha, when you act in such knowledge, you can free yourself from the bondage of works. So generally, if we are hearing any talk attentively, all, all well-structured talks have some key transition points. Okay. So if we miss those transition points, we may not understand what is going on. If the speaker may say, till now, I have, we are discussing the merits of a particular proposal. Till now, we have discussed all the points in favor of the proposal. Now we will discuss points opposed to the proposal. Now, if you forget, if we neglect or overlook or don't hear or don't understand this particular transition point, we may say, hey, the speaker is speaking exactly opposite of what they were speaking earlier. So transition points are very important to understand the overall flow. They're critical to flow. So here, this is 239 is such one such major transition point in the Bhagavad Gita. And it's uh, sometimes transition points are implicit, but here it is very explicit. And uh, in one sense, this transition point is required because 37 and 38, as we discussed, seem to be directly contradictory. That 37 versus 38, if you see, we discussed that they were actually not contradictory, but they were paradoxical. Paradoxical is where something seems contradictory, but there's a deeper meaning to it. And that paradox is now being explained in 239. So uh, let's see what he, he is saying. Till now, Esha Tebhita Sankhe Buddhir Yoga Imam Shuno. So till now, if you look at the this verse, we'll have to go a little bit into structure to understand what Krishna is saying. Till now, I have explained to you Sankhya. Now, the Gita has certain terms which in themselves are 
having their own significance in the gita in the overall context in which the gita was spoken but they also have context in terms of the gita itself so what i mean is the terms they are they can have significance in the gita's historical times that means in those times those terms had a particular meaning and then can have the terms they can have some significance in gita's message so both of these refer to the context now sankhya so wait what what knowledge. you're doing what, what you're doing here when you just wrote down a b c d that refers to when we look at the sanskrit each line so the first line's a the second group of words is b c d so we're going to focus correct, correct. on the sanskrit for for a bit okay yes you're right 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 so thank you for i should have clarified it so till now he says i have spoken sankhya till now and when he has spoken sankhya he is actually referring to not the immediate previous section but the section prior to that not 31 to 37 but 30, 30 11 to 30 so sankhya refers to analysis basically so sankhya it has many different meanings in the in indian thought there were broadly two indian philosophical thought we could say there were there are many schools of thought there were some which were orthodox and some which were heterodox so among the orthodox schools of thought there were six systems which were prominent and among them one of those six systems is sankhya so in terms of modern terms in terms of modern and modern consideration we could say sankhya is analysis now we often use the word analysis very generally okay i'm going to analyze this but technically analyze means break breaking down when we analyze some things the opposite of analysis is synthesis so analyze means we break things down and synthesis means we bring things together so sankhya centered on breaking down the existence around us into its components so existence we break it down into its components and then we try to understand which components are of really of ultimate value so the general strategy was we divided into matter and spirit then matter could be divided further into its components spirit could be divided into its components and then that way we try to analyze the nature of reality more so this primary division of of existence of matter and spirit that is what krishna had done in the text 11 to 30 so that is what krishna is referring to this i have already spoken now mm-hmm. so so now is- yeah Just so I make sure I understand yeah. it, this word sankhya, which you pointed out in this first group of words, it's translated as analytical study, and you're saying that this is just the breaking down of and the the breaking down of existence into the components of matter and spirit, and you're saying that Krishna did that prior to bringing us in into this 
into where we are now, right? Okay, so that's the first kind of line of this verse. Now, what was explained in terms of Sankhya, Krishna says, now I will explain it in terms of how do we apply it. So for that, he uses another word, Buddhi Yoga. So Buddhi means intelligence and Yoga means connection, more specifically spiritual connection. So Buddhi Yoga refers to an intelligent spiritual connection and intelligence or intelligence applied to develop a spiritual connection. Which is still now, I have spoken to you about analysis. Now, how do you use this analysis in real life? That I will explain to you. And so this... CC, for, for whatever reason, your speaker just started sounding different about 30 seconds ago. It sounded better yeah, before. Yeah. It's strangely my... So booty yoga. Yeah. So Krishna is here speaking about how the knowledge that he has given, theoretical knowledge before he has given. Now, how does it apply? And when you apply that knowledge, what will be the result? Which we're discussing over here. If, so Sankhya to Buddhi Yoga. That's he introduces the term in the second line. And when you apply, that will lead to freedom or in the Gita's language, liberation, freedom from karmic bondage. So here, when we talk about a higher level being introduced, whenever we do any activity, we have some purpose for doing the activity. So the earlier purpose was material well-being that Krishna had talked about. And Krishna talked about material well-being can come in two ways. It can be, you get prosperity on the earth, prosperity here, or heavenly prosperity in the next world. That was the options that Krishna had talked about. Is he gets this prosperity if he wins, and he gets heaven if he loses. But now, Krishna is introducing a higher purpose. That higher purpose is, freedom from karmic bondage. And he says that now I will tell you how you can achieve this higher purpose by working. So the conclusion in terms of what Arjuna has to do is the same. But what will be achieved by his doing that will be different. So just like a doctor may tell you that, okay, you take this medicine and the pain will go away. And okay, that's also something which the patient desires. But the doctor will tell you, now I'll tell you a different treatment, which will not only take away your pain, but actually will cure the disease. It will restore your energy. It will rejuvenate you. So while in one sense, from the patient's perspective, in both these cases, that is medicine to be taken. That is the commonality. But what exact medicine is to be taken and how it's going to work, they are going to do different things. So in both cases for Arjuna, fighting is the common element. 
but what with what consciousness he will be fighting and what result he will be achieving that will be different so that's what so, krishna is now going to elaborate so then a while back when you talked about a set of verses being about the material reasons and then a set of verses being the spiritual reasons are we entering the spiritual reasons now yes exactly okay mm-hmm. so both action is the same but motivation and destination both are going to be different and that will be elaborated now okay so uh, he's furthering his his arguments of why he should fight and he's, and he's just giving him different reasons we saw he gave him all different layers of material reasons and now he's shifting to higher spiritual reasons yes perfect and so the contradiction between 37 and 38 right it's the same action they both say fight but the reasons are given are different and so in this yeah. verse he's explaining that the next section is going to elaborate on the karma yeah. effect the in yes. he said he higher motivation the higher motivation and the higher destination both and he's explaining that's that that's a different that's a different uh type of knowledge it's sankhya to buddhi yes correct so sankhya at least the way the gita is using it it is more of theor- theoretical analysis mm-hmm. and buddhi yoga is application for decision making how should i what should i do now how should i choose my actions so that application is coming over here in this section that's the transition point of transition of this verse okay so now this session might seem to be involving a little bit of terms overload but i like to introduce two more terms over here till now what i have spoken is clear yeah is so, Sank- sankhya though when he says this far i've described this knowledge to you through analytical study that's not related though to the material and then buddhi's not necessarily related to spiritual right even though he okay. no, you no, see okay. what i'm saying so let's, let's go over over here see there is 11 to 30 was one section 31 to 37 was another section now 38 to 53 will be another section okay so now in 38 when krishna is speaking he is actually saying that this was sankhya not 31 to 37 oh, okay so and then 38 to 53 will be buddhi yoga so in one sense even if arjuna is going to act at the material level also with the knowledge of the soul krishna addresses that first he says it's as we say meet the meet the audience where they are so krishna in one sense is meeting the meeting arjuna where he is when he at first talks about at the level of you could say materially long term the material long term is 
that think about what is going to happen to you not just how difficult fighting for you fighting is right now for you but what will be happening in the future in this in this life and in the next life but now krishna is going to talk about the spiritual long term not just the material long term okay so now why would krishna talk about the material long term after giving spiritual knowledge you might ask this question and he's talk about difference between body and soul well the first level of application of understanding that we are spiritual beings is that we will continue to exist after this life so if i want to continue to exist after this life so if say if i have material identity that's my understanding then i will seek material welfare material welfare in this life that's you could say the first for the basic level so i think i am i am my physical side and therefore i seek physical comfort physical pleasure physical needs being fulfilled food clothing shelter all those things hmm? now so who i am and what i seek if you consider these things are happening so now after that once i understand my spiritual identity i may understand my spiritual identity but that does not necessarily mean immediately what i seek will change it could very well be that i might seek material welfare in the next life because if i understand okay this, if you take the example of a house if i have a house now and i want to leave this house but i am going to live on after i leave this house then i will make sure that i get a good house in the next uh, in in the next time also when i have to leave this house so material welfare in this house you know means like good house now so good house after leaving this one so one just becomes concerned about what am i going to do over there but then afterwards a little more advanced that once i understand my spiritual identity then i start being concerned about my spiritual welfare hmm that means going back to the met- metaphor uh, of the house in all of these till now what we were discussing about was basically a rented house i have a rented house now and I, when this rented house is going to be destroyed or diminished i'm going to go to another house or i want to make sure that i have a good house there but if i am going to go to another house maybe i should think of having a permanent house my own house which will be a rented house is going to be temporary so when it uh, talk about spiritual welfare start talking about a uh, a permanent house hereafter in the hereafter means after this life hmm? okay so, so you're that, you're saying the gita so, yeah it it walks through this progression of justification so it starts with saying okay if you identify materially then the benefits there's material benefits in this lifetime 
if you identify spiritually and you can really realize this knowledge that I'm telling you about the soul and the, and the body you, but you, but you aspire for material gain, you can still, you get it in the next life. And that's a little bit better than the short sightedness of just looking at this life. Okay. All right. So now I see you just wrote Gita two eleven to 30. So that's where the justification is for that. Oh, very cool. And then, and then you're saying that even better than that is if you can identify spiritually and you seek spiritual welfare, you'll understand that the biggest gift of all, the best payoff of all will be a permanent house hereafter, after this life. Yes, perfect. That's how the transition is moving here. So the spiritual identity has been established as a starting point. But then how do we apply that? So this seeking material welfare, I hope it is clear now. Balram, it's clear for you also? Yes, yeah, it's very helpful. Thank you. Okay. So now... Can, why, why does Krishna give him these justifications in this order? Is he like kind of priming him to become more and more mature? Is this like... Yeah, as you said, that we begin with the audience where, where they are, and then we take them higher from there. Mm. So, you see, Arjun, when he talks about it, he's talking about material welfare in 2.8. He says that I, even if I gain heaven, it is not of much use. So, Krishna is speaking at the same level initially, and then uh, he'll go to a higher level. Okay. So, now, there is a, so I, this I'll introduce two terms over here, that this material welfare, material welfare, there is a word used for it, that is karma kanda, K-A-N-D-A, kanda. So, karma kanda refers to doing good so that one will get good in the future. Mm. And this could be this life or the next life, either way. So this is, is often called as a material religiosity. Or another word could be say, people who are there are, they are religious in the sense that they practice some rituals, they do certain things, but they are religious materialists. They're still materialists. So at this level, there is a description that if you go to heaven, there will be such good food and there is so much sensual enjoyment available. And this level is called as karma kanda. So one does karma. Karma is activity. One is acting. One is not inactive. But the activity is still for material purpose. And then spiritual welfare, when it begins, that's where yoga comes in. Yoga is meant for our spiritual welfare. So karma yoga is, you could say, materially selfless action or materially detached action. That means one is not seeking any material result. One is seeking primarily a spiritual result. So that is, at the level of the soul, the result will be eternal. So the, now several verses henceforward. Krishna will draw a contrast between 
this these two levels since he is now said i spoke at this level i am going to speak at that level but before he speaks at that level first he contrasts these two levels so if you consider this section 40 to 53 the so 38 39 are more a transition verses now in this section 40 to 43 till 47 krishna will be doing a contrast between karma kanda that is material selfishness or oh, sorry it is it is material self seeking even in long term as contrasted with karma yoga and then after that he will be describing or explaining karma yoga so that's what we will be diving into in the next section so 38 is, 39 explain the transition is karma kanda exclusively only seeking benefit in the next life what what about the where you is it also benefit in this life like you're just trying to yeah, get some good karma that is also called as karma kanda okay so for example somebody say wants to have a child but they're not able to have a child and they might do some rituals somebody wants to get married but they're not able to find a good spouse they might they might do some rituals for that a farmer wants a good harvest rains are not coming so they might do some sacrifices for the sake of gaining rains getting rains so these are basically activities which are this karma kanda this krishna will talk about this again later in the third chapter and we'll go into that later but karma kanda is basically you could say it is technology it's a different kind of technology from what we are familiar with mm-hmm. the technology that we use it focuses on forces of nature so for example we understand gravity and this has a very me- uh, more of a mechanical vision of the universe okay this is how gravity works and this is how we can tap that gravity tap looking at technology does that's modern but in the in the past times they understood that deities of nature so this is a different world view and I, we will explain it when we come to it in the third chapter but this was the more traditional technology that now technology i am using in the sense that some some principles some methods by which we can bring about desired changes in the natural world around us hmm so, so you're, you're saying that, that because traditionally they believed that there was like a god of the sun a god of the moon there's like there's deities of nature they would like kind of have like an exchange system with them like we'll we'll worship you and give you this and then you give us this kind of like how we use like amazon prime nowadays right like we just log on we yeah. f- make our order and they send it to us it was kind of like and in other words it wasn't like based off of a loving relationship or a level of surrender it was just like an exchange yes perfect and amazon is also a good example because say 50 or 100 years ago if we told someone uh, you just type a set of numbers on a device and this particular product will come to your home how is that going to happen they have to do some hard physical exchange so just as the digital exchange it can seem mysterious even mystical uh, can seem mystical 
to those unfamiliar with the digital technology so similarly there is a technology which is unfamiliar and we will discuss this later i don't want to go too much into it sure. main point no, it's interesting mm-hmm. why we're talking about it is that it's it's material it's not spiritual so although there are rites and rituals that might be performed but the idea is that the results of these are still material and in essence the uh, activities in terms of their purpose are not dramatically different in essence they are very similar to the activities that we do today very cool thank you thank you so balram you have any comments or otherwise i can summarize this no, please go ahead okay you know it's it's cool how you like just bridge perception from years ago traditional perception to the way we see things now you know it's really like we would probably think that's crazy you know what they did years ago but they would think it's crazy where we are now so it's like yeah that's true and you could even say that not just they if we consider times there are premodern and there is modern and now if you say what we have is postmodern so the modern would consider the premodern to be crazy but the many modern people would consider even postmodern to be crazy yeah like, <laughs> for example there's no more digital economy and credit cards and all that they would consider it's not just we considering the past people because our past people considering us crazy even the recent past would consider the current current to be crazy so it just is Mm. there's a there's a there's a quote by some scientist he says what is often called as magic is just mechanism inadequately understood uh-huh. that when we can't understand a mechanism we call it magic and either we we dismiss it or we are we are fascinated by it just like when a magician does some magic tricks actually they're just doing some sleight of hand they're doing something but we don't catch it what is the mechanism how did you make this rabbit appear how did you make this cloth disappear so it's mechanism inadequately understood when we understand the mechanism then we see that okay this is not irrational this is once it's understood then we understand it's still rational so that we will discuss later hmm thank you very cool thank you So to summarize we just focused on this transition was 239 today and we discussed what the transition is happening is in terms of first introduce the word sankhya that is is one of the six systems of philosophy six systems of orthodox indian philosophy which focuses on analysis of things into their components so this is what krishna has done in 211 to 30 and that is that which is theory which will be applied in terms of is buddhi yoga that is when you apply it for this purpose this is where that philosophy comes into action and then applied into action then we talked about how krishna is talking about multiple levels and the multiple levels are once you get spiritual knowledge of our identity 
then that could lead us to look for material welfare material long term welfare that is one starts thinking about one's good is in the next life and that's what krishna talked about first in 31 to 37 and then that might make one look for spiritual long term welfare it's like if i know that i'm going to stay live on after this i lose this house either i can look for a better house which may also be temporary like this house or i might look for a better house which is permanent and then the last part we discussed uh, karma karma kanda and karma yoga we introduced those terms so karma yoga is material material action for material well being karma yoga is action for this material this differences in terms of the motivation why we are doing it and the destination that we will attain so krishna mentioned that destination the motivation is he, he has talked about the motivation is be equal don't think about profit loss but be equal in profit and loss and destination will be not heaven but free from karma that's what you will attain and with that in mind in that connection we also discussed this particular point of how this karma kanda is like is basically technology but a different kind of technology from modern technology so modern is based on forces understanding forces and how those forces work whereas forces of nature whereas the traditional technology is based on understanding the dt's underlying nature thank you hare krishna thank you